It's been a good while since our Alamancy and Furukumi episode, so I think it's about time we filled out the trifecta of the metallic arts of Mistborn. This week, we examined the horrid art of Hemalurgy, as well as the creatures that it spawned and where it might be heading in the future. So, if you've got a complaint, put a spike in it and let's get to it. Spoilers ahead for the entirety of Mistborn and eventually the entire Cosmere. Hemalurgy is one of the three metallic arts on the planet Scadrial. Derived from the Shard Ruin, it is essentially the ability to steal attributes from another person by means of metallic spikes. A spike of the appropriate metal is placed through a specific bind point on a person's body, such as the heart, charging it hemalurgically with the particular attribute. An iron spike might steal strength, while a steel spike can steal physical allomancy. This hemalurgic charge includes a piece of the donor's spirit web basically their soul that exists in the spiritual realm and the main way by which magic enters the person, it is then taken out and placed in a recipient, stapling the ability that was stolen directly into the recipient's spiritual DNA. Hemalurgy is a costly, bloody process that typically results in the donor's death. This is the process by which Inquisitors were created, as well as the Chondra and the Coloss. More on that in a bit. Overall, the process of hemalurgy is destructive, both in terms of its effect on life, killing the donor, as well as the fact that a hemologically charged spike loses investiture during the brief time that it's out of both bodies. This is called the Law of Hemologic Decay. This results in hemology always being an end-negative system. Power is always lost by this use, and presumably returns to the shard from which it originated. Another notable fact about hemology is that like Allomancy and Ferukami, it's not tied to any particular location in the way that, say, Elantrian magic is, or uh, the Nahil Bond for Stormlight. The sources of investiture for all of the metallic arts pass through the spiritual realm, and the only ability required for the other two magic systems is the genetic ability to burn or tap a metal. Hemalurgy, though, is more dangerous, because anyone, regardless of genetics, can perform it with the right knowledge and the right metal spike. This means that, inevitably, we'll be seeing the ramifications of this magic system play out across the Cosmere as knowledge of Hemalurgy spreads. Let's take a quick look at the list of powers that can be stolen by Hemalurgy, more for completion's sake than anything. The basic gist is that any aspect of a person can be stolen by one of the 16 metals, and these are often normal abilities, such as strength, in addition to magical ones. As always, intent is always important for figuring out what gets taken. Let's take a look. An iron spike steals strength, as in physical strength, a person's fortitude, their ability to punch things. Totally normal. A steel spike steals physical allomancy depending on which bind point it's placed in. This includes the ability to push and pull on metals, as well as uh, pewter and tin abilities of allomancy. A tin spike steals your ability to sense things. A pewter spike steals physical ferrukami depending on the bind point. Again, this would include the ability to store and retrieve weight, speed, senses, or physical strength. Zinc steals emotional fortitude. Now this one is a little bit, presumably it would mean that a person who has got a zinc spike is more resistant to uh, emotional allomancy and can sort of stay with the emotion that they want for longer. Brass steals cognitive ferrukami, which includes the ability to store mental speed, warmth, memories, or wakefulness. Bronze steals cognitive allomancy, depending on the bind point, which includes the ability to riot or soothe emotions or to hear or hide allomantic pulses. Chromium 
might steal destiny we're still kind of unsure on that one that's a that's a tricky one that we're not totally sure what that means but it sounds dangerous it seems to be related to the ability of ferrochemical chromium which can store fortune that's one of those that's really tricky and i'm not sure how we would see that play out nicrosil steals investiture it's pretty straightforward you can steal whatever investiture a person has in their spirit web aluminum as always a spike would remove all powers presumably any kind of investiture based powers a Duralumin spike steals either connection or identity. Now, this is one of the weirder ones and one of the most dangerous. I think we'll talk about that later. But the ability to steal someone's identity is very scary, kind of related to what we see at the end of the Emperor's Soul. Cadmium steals temporal allomancy, which basically includes gold, electrum, cadmium, and bendeloy, which can reveal your past self, reveal the future, speed up or slow down time. Bendaloy steals spiritual ferrochemical powers, which includes the ability to store fortune, investiture, identity, and connection. Meanwhile, a gold spike steals hybrid ferrochemical powers, which include the ability to store breath, determination, health, and energy. And finally, Electrum can steal the enhancement alimantic powers, which are not super interesting. They're duralumin, aluminum, nicrosil, chromium, wiping. They all have to do with the alimantic reserves, which aren't super useful except for duralumin, maybe. So with all this said about hemallergy as an art, let's take a look at some of the examples we've seen so far and some of the history. Prior to the end of the first Mistborn trilogy, hemallergy was entirely the art of ruin granting him the ability to speak to individuals who have at least one hemallergic spike. We saw this in a few people. Vin's bronze earring is considered a spike, granting her a boost to her pre-existing ability to use alimantic bronze. She can pierce copper clouds due to the added strength, and this spike also allows Ruin to speak to her under the guise of Reen. And it's ultimately what needs to be taken out of her in order for Vin to call upon the mists and take up preservation. Another spiked individual we meet is Zane, the illegitimate son of Straff Venture. He has a steel spike in his heart, granting him very precise control over steel allomancy, but again, letting Ruin into his mind, telling him to kill everyone, and making him think he's insane. Spook, in Hero of Ages, also receives a spike in the form of a sword tip that pierces a pewter arm. Because steel takes physical allomancy, this lets Spook burn pewter in addition to tin, but again, lets him become influenced by Ruin. The last notable human of this era to be spiked, of course, is Marsh, aka Iron Eyes. Already a seeker, a bronze alamancer, Marsh is taken in by the Lord Ruler's Steel Inquisition and receives the customary 9 to 11 spikes, which were either recycled from old Inquisitors or created by killing a Ska alamancer. This granted him, alongside the other 15 Inquisitors, the entire kit of alamantic abilities, as well as enhanced bronze burning. At the center of all the spikes was a linchpin that kept the Inquisitor's spirit web together after all of the destruction from hemallergy. Thus, steel Inquisitors, and hemallergy in general, were tools used by the Lord Ruler despite the fact that he opposed Ruin. In fact, it's likely that Ruin influenced him into creating these spiked individuals, so that upon his eventual return, Ruin could take control of the Inquisitors himself. See, the more spikes you possess, the more susceptible you are to Ruin's influence, and Inquisitors, with all their spikes, were almost entirely within his direct control. Upon taking them over after being freed, Ruin granted them more spikes that the Lord Ruler either didn't know about or didn't want to equip his Inquisitors with, which were spikes that granted fair chemical powers, as well as a plate to protect the linchpin spike. One of the other three types of hemallergic constructs is the Coloss, 
the big, blue, barbaric brutes who never stop growing, created with four hemallergic iron spikes that are driven through four people's hearts and then into a fifth person, Kolos gain incredible strength and the ability to continually grow. Notably, these spikes are merely iron spikes that just steal normal strength, an attribute that everybody has, and therefore creating a Coloss doesn't require an Alamancer. The process of spiking the fifth person also reduces their intelligence to create the Coloss Brutes, whose size and strength eventually outgrow their very skin until they die. At this point, spikes can be reused to make other Coloss, but thanks to hemallergic decay, these Coloss are a little weaker and a little more human-like. They can then be controlled by emotional allomancy because of their spikes. The last type of hemallergic creature is the Chondra, which are especially interesting both pre- and post-Catascender, which is the Ascension of Harmony. Originally, Chondra come from Mistrates, the horrid body-stealing animals that were originally Terrus Ferrucumists, transformed by the Lord Ruler during the Ascension. Of these, he offered his closest friends, the Terrus Worldbringers, the chance at immortality in exchange for taking their fair chemical powers. The first generation of Chondra were thus created by giving them two hemallergic spikes, which they knew as blessings. The blessing of awareness is a pair of tin spikes that boost sensation, like alimantic tin, while the blessing of potency is a pair of iron spikes that provide strength, much like the coloss. The blessing of presence is two copper spikes that boost mental capacity, while the blessing of stability is a rarely used pair of zinc spikes that can protect against emotional alimancy. The sentience provided, combined with the shape-changing power of a mistwraith, turned the Chondra into potent spies and imitators, and they were bound to the Lord Ruler by the first contract. Because they were hemallergically spiked creatures, Ruin believed that he could manipulate them. However, the Lord Ruler planned for this, as one of the clauses in the first contract was the resolution, where the Chondra began to take out their spikes in order to lose sentience. This successfully disrupted Ruin's plan in the Hero of Ages, and the Chondra were then restored once the spikes were put into them. At the end of the trilogy, then, when Ruin and Preservation combined into Harmony, they became primarily his agents. So, obviously, at the end of the first Mistborn trilogy, a lot of things changed with the Ascension of Harmony. Now, the Shard of Scadriel is able to both speak and hear the thoughts of individuals with spikes in them, and the art of hemology still exists. We see it toyed around with primarily in Shadows of Self, when Waxilium Ladrian faces off against the Chondra known as Palm, aka Bleeder. Originally one of the Lord Ruler's most powerful agents, she became very familiar with Hemallergy. After the Catascender, she became Harmony's agent, eventually playing the role of Lessie, Wax's wife, whose death prompted him to return to Elendel. Kind of a mean move from Sezed, but what are you going to do? Under the influence of Trell, though, Palm eventually decided to break free from Harmony, removing one of her spikes keeping her sentience, but removing Harmony's ability to influence her, and making her more unstable. She kills the steel-runner Farukamist, Aidashwi, as a part of a plan to rile up the populace of Elendel, and eventually is stopped by Wax Ladrium, and is eventually is stopped by Wax, shooting her with a spike that lets Harmony take control of her again, at which point she commits suicide, on her own, not because Harmony tells her to. The reason it was so difficult for Harmony to act in this case was twofold. For one, he grows less and less able to take strong action against people, as the intent of Harmony grows stronger, despite the fact that Hemallergy itself is just as powerful as ever, and also because Palm was spiked with a medal from the mysterious Trell, which granted her unknown powers in addition to being a Chondra and a Steel Runner. What does Trell want, and how does he affect the spread of Hemallergy and the other Elemantic Arts? 
Well, I guess we'll find out in Wax and Wayne 4. So what's the Cosmere-wise significance here? Well, as mentioned, Hemalurgy can steal any attribute of the spirit web from anybody, anywhere. It's a potent and dangerous magical power that can potentially steal such effects as the Nahel Bond or the Divine Breath of a Returned. Beyond that, some of the things that we know Hemalurgy can steal, such as identity, literally who a person is, or destiny, provide some terrifying thoughts about how Hemalurgy can work going forward. Identity theft is not a joke, especially when it's on a metaphysical level. Our current understanding of Hemalurgy is only what we understand by the Wax and Wayne era of Mistborn, so primarily what Spook discovered after the events of the first trilogy. Future developments, such as Hemalurgy performed while burning Atium, or by using another method to see into the spiritual realm, could provide further insight into developing this dangerous art. This all said, there are still limitations. Hemalurgy opens cracks in the spirit web, which theoretically makes it easier for Investiture to get through. However, too much of this damage is a bad thing, generally, and any Investiture that has intent, such as a Spren or Seons, likely won't be attracted to that crack in the spirit web. However, Investiture that doesn't care will find a much easier time getting into a spiked individual and giving them magical powers. But this limitation means that a sentient Spren might still break a stolen Nahel bond. In addition, Hemalurgy steals from the soul and primarily happens in the spiritual realm, which means that while it can take a divine breath, it can't take normal breaths from people who have stored them up, because these breaths are investiture in the physical realm. So there are still some issues for our evil Hemalurgists to work out. But uh, yeah, that will end our little diatribe into Hemalurgy. This one was... Fairly interesting. Uh, I learned a lot about hemalurgy that I did not know, and it terrifies me because we're no doubt going to see it happen as more and more crossovers go through. So, if you enjoyed this episode of the World Hopper's Guide, uh, go ahead and uh, like, I guess, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a review on iTunes if you like. Uh, upvote the Reddit posts. I don't know what you guys want to see. Send an email to uh, worldhoppersguide at gmail.com if you have any ideas for episodes you might want to see or any questions or clarifications, things I got wrong or left out because I probably got a lot of things wrong and left a lot of things out. But uh, yeah, thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music. Thanks to the Coppermine for all the information. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next time.